I've, I see this whole situation with the coronavirus as, as a portal. It's like opened up this path for, for us to kind of envision what we want when we come out on the other side. Hi friends, you're listening to Art and Magic, a podcast where we connect all things practical, magical, and really real when it comes to walking the artist's path. I'm your host, Devin Walls, painter, mentor, and dreamer. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get into today's episode. It's been a minute, and a lot has also changed since the final episode of season one, which came out in February. So right before, the entire world flipped upside down. It's for that reason that season two is coming out a little later than I originally planned, but I think all of our original plans got shot to hell. (laughs) So here we are. I don't know what this time has been like for you, but I know for me, it's bringing up a lot of deep-seated truths and things I've needed to listen to that have have been there traveling along with me. Uh, But now it's like they're on fire and I can't really ignore them. Uh, My tolerance for bullshit is much lower. My tolerance for things that I don't want to do and maybe never wanted to do is much lower. And my hunger to do things that are really real and aligned with me and inspiring to me is also magnetized. So that's something. One of the things I've talked about a lot and I'm a huge proponent of is going at your own pace and honoring your own rhythms, whether that's in your art making process or really to do with anything. And for me, I need to move slower in my output. And this podcast is part of that. So it felt really good to just let this episode come out weeks later than I originally thought it would and just learn to be okay with that and know that overall things would still be just fine and you would receive this episode at the time you were meant to. So on that note of what's to come in season two, I do have a couple podcasts, interviews with other artists pre-recorded that will come out, I'm thinking weekly at this point. No promises, but that's the plan. And then after that, I might switch to this being one of those podcasts where an episode comes out a little more sporadically. My hope is that it is consistent and weekly, but the truth is, is sometimes it might be twice a month or like one every here and there. We're going to kind of see how it goes. It's, we're unsure at this point, um, but I'm being open to that possibility because if I hold myself to doing it weekly, you might not get episodes at all. So we're just going to be with the times that we're in. Let things uh, come along as they need to. Other news for season two of this podcast is that I'm going to lean more into the magic side of art and magic. In the first season, we focused a lot on career and, you know, things you can do to get your art out there. And while that is still a favorite topic of mine, and we are still going to address that, we're also going to go deeper. Um, I'm really interested in having conversations around the juiciness of the creative process itself, how it connects us to something magical and maybe spiritual, topics around grief and healing, things to do with our current society and our culture. 
Um, so my intention is to make this a little bit more varied than the last season. And I hope that you're game for that because I'm really excited. And since this is our first episode of season two, and we're in wacky times that have not yet been talked about on this podcast, I kind of want to just say a couple things about like where I've been at. Um, I've been really grateful for the extra time to create, and I'm lucky that I'm still able to go to my studio. And it's also interesting to see what that brings up. You know, it's like I've spent a lot of time yearning for that super focused time to just be in my process, almost like an art residency. And once it's here, you get to hit the speed bumps and the roadblocks a lot faster because you're spending a lot more time creating. And that's been very interesting to see maybe the dark, darker side of what I've really longed for. And it has not been easy. Um, I think I've stuck with it because there's not a whole lot else to do in this time of quarantine. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting. And however, with that, I'm also really starting to see the light. Like what happens when we keep showing up, even when we're like, this is boring. I'd rather be eating out at a restaurant or traveling. Um, this is too much time in the studio. What's even the point? Like all of those things that might come up in regular times and now are magnetized. What happens when we keep showing up to paint through those things? And I'm starting to get the answer to that. And I'm, I'm here to report back that the answer is good, that there's a lot buried underneath that. And so I'm excited to keep going. So two other things I want to say in terms of being an artist in the times of the C word. The first thing is, as artists, we are making art about the time we are in, because you're making art in the time you're in. So no matter what your subject matter is, and this is something that Jerry Saltz has been talking a lot about. I highly recommend like searching his podcast and what he's talking about right now. I'm also reading his book, How to Be an Artist, which is fabulous. But when we think about this idea of being an artist is about making art about the time you're in, we're in a pretty wild time. And so what's going on around you is also percolating and like alchemizing within you. And maybe that's painful, but nevertheless, that is going to come out in your work. And I think all of this is just to say being an artist in this time is really important. And if you are an artist or creative in this time, you chose a big job and you chose an exciting one. And so maybe just give that some space, whether you have the energy to create in this moment or it's something that's going to come out later, really honoring that and, and maybe owning that a little bit, I think can, can only serve us well. And the second thing is that things are changing. I think we can see that. And that means the art world is going to change as well. This is kind of a loaded topic, and I'm treading a bit lightly on it. But something that I think this time will result in is the diminishing of large institutions, systems, and structures. And those certainly have existed in the art world. And with that happening, I'm wondering if there's going to be perhaps a more even playing field for artists of different backgrounds, emerging artists, quote-unquote outside artists to enter. I wonder if perhaps collectors and artists um, 
I wonder if that world might belong to more of us more evenly rather than be consolidated at the top within these larger structures. I also think those of us who are used to using the interwebs to represent ourselves and get our work out there are going to feel at home because that's what we will have access to at least for a little bit. And I'm, I'm thinking the power is going to go more and more in the artist's hands. I think it's already been moving in that direction, but I see that happening even more. So I don't have answers. I just have a lot of questions and a lot of hope and a lot of anticipation. So I'm going to point you in the direction of something else by Jerry Saltz, which is an essay he wrote on this uh, in New York Magazine. And it's an essay called The Last Days of the Art World and Perhaps the First Days of a New One. I'll link it in the show notes. Okay, those are all my ramblings for today. I'm going to stop them here, but you never know. I'm sure there'll be more in future intros. Anyway, all this segues quite well into today's conversation with Madeline Tomsey, which was very relevant to the times we're in and just felt like a very soothing way to re-enter doing this podcast. We jam a lot about the times and a lot about our place as artists in what will be art history which was actually my favorite part of the conversation. It's, I think, about 20 minutes in or so. Keep an eye out for that. I, I really loved what came about between the two of us. Um, it's very clear that this theme of navigating how to intertwine the esoteric into my work that I deal with is something that maybe many people are questioning and could very well be the trademark of our group or movement. I don't know. but. We had some great uh, like little moments about it. We also talk about her time at Meow Wolf and what it was like to do a project for them and her takeaways from that experience, which was actually how I ended up finding her in the first place, was through that platform. Um, we talk about painting murals as a woman and breaking into that kind of game, a lot about her process and inspiration, and also what it's like to navigate the artist space as an empath. So lots of really relevant, juicy things for this moment. So if you don't already know her, Oakland-based Madeline Tonzi is a painter and muralist. Originally from the high desert of Santa Fe, New Mexico, Madeline's work is both a reflection of the past, present, and future, in which she extracts the essence of moments to create mystical and surreal landscapes. Through a distinct color palette, soft natural elements, and rigid architectural forms, she places emphasis on environments laden with both freedom and boundaries that would shape our navigation through this world and highlight the importance of preserving that which is sacred. A truly accurate and beautiful description of what Madeline does. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation. So I thought we could start by um, talking about your work because your work is beautiful and it's what drew me to you in the first place. So could you just um, give the listeners like a brief description of what your work is about and and a little bit about your aesthetic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my work is, you know, I'm always trying to find kind of like a simple way of describing it, but there's a lot of deep meaning in it. Um, it's, it, you know, to give 
everybody a visual. It's um, sort of like whimsical, geometric, surrealist desert landscapes. Um, and I am very inspired by concepts of home and memory and sort of like the importance of preserving our environment. And uh, so I, I don't know, I kind of derive a lot of my inspiration from those concepts. And then I use those as kind of a jumping off point. And, you know, it doesn't always um, relate back to all of those things, but uh, that's kind of where, where I, you know, that's my, my, my building blocks, I, I suppose. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, oh, go ahead. I, something that came to mind is I know you're from Santa Fe and just this idea of your work being like these uh, surreal desert landscapes and then connecting it to this idea of home. Is that because um, of where your home actually was when you were growing up? Yeah, definitely. I um, was, and I still am deeply inspired by the desert landscape and the earth. And I don't know, everything about New Mexico is just, it, it's super magical and special there. And it has an energy unlike any other place. And so I'm always thinking about it when I'm creating my work. And it's a place where I can kind of, I don't know, I like close my eyes and it, it's just somewhere I can escape to is like kind of this vast desert landscape that feels very comforting and kind of embracing, even though it's sometimes a harsh landscape. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm often thinking about that when I'm creating my work. And also a lot of my work has kind of like the celestial stars and that's definitely inspired by New Mexico. I mean, it's like so incredible looking at the the sky there. There's less light pollution and you can see the entire Milky Way and it is really special being able to see that. So I try to put that into my work cuz I miss I miss that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that comes through beautifully, like the honoring of, of plants and the land. And there is something about your work that seems to um, like shine, shine a, a certain light on it. Um, and part of, too, what I, I notice, well, when we've talked a little bit about this is like the presence of portals and like there's, there's also something yeah. that's seemingly um a little bit interdimensional about it and, mm -hmm. and maybe that's the surreal aspect and I'm I'm so curious in in your mind how that works together or or if you even think of it like that yeah definitely I mean I I guess I've always been kind of a dreamer and sort of caught between two different worlds um you know like the the real world and the um I don't know kind of like esoteric or uh you know, whimsical, otherly uh, existence. And mm -hmm. so I started creating these paintings that had these portals in it. And I, I didn't quite know the meaning at first, even though, I mean, it just seemed like a very magical thing to incorporate into my work. And the more and more I started including those uh, portals, the more I saw 
kind of like a metaphor for, um, I guess, portals meaning or representing opportunity and and mm -hmm. openings like doorways mm -hmm. and so i i kept seeing this as a way to represent sort of you know another way um another way of existing or another way of seeing or just simply an opportunity um and so yeah, it, it started to become like more and more magical as I, I used that in my work. And I've kind of transitioned into creating portals in different ways in my work now. Like I'm using less of the stars, but finding ways to incorporate it still because um, it, it's become a pretty important part of creating and um, creating imagery that people can relate to. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That was like the the first thing uh, when I saw you talk about portals. I was like, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm on board with this. And I love your description of it too, like um, opportunities or or like a way to pass into another way of existing. I think that's very um, eloquently put. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right now it's like, it's become so relevant during yes. this whole situation that we're existing in. Uh, yeah. I've, I see this whole situation with the coronavirus um, as, as a portal. It's like opened up this path for, for us to, of envision what we want when we come out on the other side and it hasn't been easy and it's under very you know sad circumstances but I think that we have an opportunity here so I've been thinking a lot about that when when I've been painting during this time. Yeah I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I, I wanted to ask you I mean I've noticed for myself that creating during this time lots of different things are coming through for better or for worse. Yeah. And so I wanted to hear, yeah, like what your experience has been navigating that like, you know, creative upper world space, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's been so, um, gosh, I, I mean like a total roller coaster of emotions and processing and I think, you know, for a lot of us who exist in the creative, you know, artistic world, we are, we're already very empathic people and sensitive mm -hmm. people. So mm -hmm. I think that this, you know, I, I think for this, or this for me has been kind of like cracking that open even more and, you know, amplifying what I think a lot of us already feel that things aren't working the way that they should or as we would like them to and you know maybe this is an opportunity to reconsider how we approach our lives and you know how workers are treated how I mean there's so many things that this has revealed and um yeah but for the creative process it's um I don't know it's been kind of an awakening I 
I still have a part-time job, which I was furloughed from. Mm. And uh, it's really freed me from, you know, having that responsibility and just being able to fully focus on my artwork, which has been, you know, quite magical actually. But it's so hard because it's under such strange circumstances, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't No, I hear you. It's it's like the gift of of time and uh you know, all of that. And I most people I talk to, it's been like a roller coaster, you know, it's like the high totally. highs and the low lows. So it's like all of that maybe gift of time and space and slowing down amongst uh a lot of things also being unearthed that are also very uncomfortable and then just the nature of you know uncertainty and and all the other fun emotions <laughs> absolutely yeah i think that i guess one of the the most powerful things that this has granted me is being able to kind of sit with those emotions mm. and to really you know have the time to analyze them and understand um everything I don't know it's it's a really wild experience but I'm feeling very empowered by the art world I I see so much support amongst artists and I've actually seen a lot of people still supporting artists in general which I that gives me a lot of hope um I think people have recognized that you know art might not be saving lives like a surgery or you know something along those lines but people need creative you know a creative outlook in their life they need a visual escape and even making art can be so healing so yeah I don't know that part gives me hope <laughs> yeah I've totally seen the same like in terms of the support and and I think with the support and then maybe the extra time that some artists have been granted depending on your situation um right there there does seem to be this potential for amplification and that's uh definitely a silver lining I wanted to actually go back to something that you brought up which is um just being like a sensitive empath, you know, which is really common among artists. And I know that, um, you know, you also kind of identify as that. And I was wondering if you could speak to maybe some of like the benefits of, of having that sensitivity as an artist, maybe as it relates to your work and or like also the career path, or even if you just had advice for somebody who feels that way and also wants to get their art out there. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, I think it's being an empath is so hard. Almost. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it can be such a burden because you feel everything. I, <clears throat> I think we truly, um, you know, wear the, the weight of the world on our, on our shoulders. And, um, but I, you know, I think it's also a superpower in a sense that we have the ability to uh, feel and understand what other people are going through. And art is a perfect modality to, to reach others and, and try to bring light to certain issues or, um, you know, things that 
need a voice. And so I think that if we can challenge or channel those uh, feelings through art, then that's where it becomes really powerful. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard being an empathic artist, but I <laughs> I think that you know, just sort of learning to tap into it into a productive way rather than just always feeling sad or um, you know, letting it get the best of you. Yeah, actually that just kind of made me think like if you're a sensitive empath and you've already found your way to art, that's probably a good sign. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it will help totally you. <laughs> agree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, especially like the, you know, the wearing, wearing the burden of the world, which is so relevant at this time too, mm-hmm. which I, I think, um, which also makes this an interesting time to be an empath and an artist and, and all of the above. So like with all that in mind and kind of like the background on your work and, and where your headspace is at, um, I'm wondering like what, what your process looks like for creating these, these landscapes. Like to me, they're oh, kind of otherworldly, but very mm-hmm. also representative of, of something that we would see in the desert. And yeah, do you, um, do you create them intuitively? Do you go off images and, and like, how did that kind of develop? Um, so I generally don't use uh, images as reference. I, I try as much as possible to work intuitively. Um, I, do, I do use references occasionally, but usually it's a photograph of a place that I've been um, or something like that. And for me, though, it's really about, in a sense, trying to create a like a mood that mm-hmm. I can tap into um, and then sort of channel and source that feeling into my artwork. So I utilize a lot of like music to get there. Um, I have a few artists that I, you know, just like really put me in that space. So I listen to them a lot. <laughs> can you name um, any music artists? Yeah, let's see. So there's a couple like... Coco Rosie has always been super inspiring to me. I oh, love their. Heard of her. Never oh, heard of you should. It's uh, two sisters, and I think that they got coined as like witch hop or, or okay, like witch opera or something like that. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a few songs that just like really kind of bring me back to New Mexico and growing mm-hmm. up there. Um, Another artist that I really love is Aurora. Have you ever heard of her? Oh, sounds familiar. I she's feel like a, maybe. Yeah, she's in a, a Norwegian artist and I kind of discovered her more recently, but I was just so taken by her brilliance and she has this voice that will literally make you cry (laughs) um but yeah she she has some really incredible songs that are very uh like deep and sensitive and um but yeah that's that really you know puts me in a place where I can create and sort of channel the imagery that I do Mm. And my work has changed. Like I used to work a lot more 
organically. If you look at my work from just like four years ago, it was a lot of really sort of like organic plants and shapes kind of mingling uh, and intertwining and branches and and it's become a lot more like controlled and, and geometric and I don't know, I'm kind of trying to find a way to like merge those two because the geometric stuff is so precise and it mm. it's really like I don't know it kind of can be a little confining sometimes mm -hmm. um, but I still enjoy it and it's fun to find that challenge of how I can mix the two and still maintain you know like this mm. distinct look yeah, I actually, I really relate to that. Um, just like kind of a side note, I, um, my work has always been very non-representational, but recently yeah. as I've been like, it sounds silly to say connecting more with plants. I mean, I've always loved mm -hmm. nature, but in, yeah. in, other, in other ways, um, I've been wanting to incorporate that plant feeling and it's really hard or I'm just really appreciating what, what you're describing because it's so difficult to get it to mesh right with the non-representational stuff. So I also think that really adds to the appreciation I have for your aesthetic. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Like trying to mix some of my old style back into this new style. It was, was like, how do I, how do I make this look like the same person? Like mm -hmm. I know, I know it does translate that way, but it it is really challenging. And um, yeah, I, you know, when I first saw your work, I actually was like, "That's what I've been trying to get at." Like, <laughs> like the the movement and the freedom of um, and sort of like the organic placement of all of your shapes and colors and yeah. I, I feel like our work could have a really nice like conversation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I thank you for saying that. And it's totally making me like fangirl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. There's definitely something when I saw your work that I was like, oh, I, I resonate with that. Like there's something yeah. in there. Um, and so that's just cool to hear the, the reverse effect. I feel like our yeah. artists work say so much about their essence, you know? So it's mm -hmm. like when you really resonate with somebody's work, not always, but a lot of the time you're like, I thought we'd get along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's so funny because I, I often think about, um, you know, like how, how would an art historian categorize your work and like where, where, you know, where do I fit in within the movements that are taking place? And mm. there's certain artists that I see like your work and, and there's a number of others that I realize like oh we kind of all fit into this movement that one day will probably have a name and it's really cool yeah okay so I'm so curious I love that you're saying that and I'd be so curious I mean we can't know at this point but if mm -hmm. you could describe that that movement or like put words to it if you have any just because I don't have mm. any and I would be so curious to hear yeah I, that's it that's a challenge um <laughs> you know like just kind of recently I've started calling my work desert surrealism but mm. I don't know if that would be all encompassing of of our our work um I'd probably have to sit down and kind of like write a list of 
descriptors to to really come up with something yeah Mm. I know it's it's hard I for me and and you know what I saw in your work or see in your work and and maybe in some others that we might resonate with um and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong but there's well you kind of named it in the beginning like a hint at the esoteric you know like something spiritual and um almost feel like that's the part that's that will be interesting to see how it's categorized later on like that's the thread that I feel uh, along with like an aesthetic that is kind of abstract kind of yeah um there's an aesthetic that goes with it but yeah, yeah I don't know if you have any thoughts on that no I definitely agree with that um I think that you know I was speaking with a friend uh about another friend, a mutual friend that we shared, who's an incredible artist. And he was saying how he always admired that she was really not afraid to include spirituality into her Mm. work because on a lot of levels, that's kind of like, I don't know, maybe just disregarded in in the upper echelons of the art world or maybe not accepted so much, but I think that it's really changing and, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I think you're, you know, making a good point in that that is one of the sort of definitive elements of what will tie it all together. Yeah, yeah, it's such an interesting um, just thing to navigate, like knowing that that might be what the truth is in your work, but then also, well, will it, will it be accepted? Will it fit in? Will it right. be, you know, seen in this certain light? Um, but then also too, at the same time, just realizing like, well, anytime people were in a movement and they're doing something new, there is that level of uncertainty. So maybe mm-hmm. that's all part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It's interesting too, because I don't, um, you know, like I'm not, being spiritual is always such a personal thing to me. I don't tend to broadcast it too much to the world, but mm-hmm. you know, I, your podcast is about art and magic. And um, I was thinking about that a lot working up to our meeting and just thinking about how, I don't know, kind of comfortable I'm actually becoming with expressing that within my work and just my, my daily life and how important it is Mm. um, and how that's actually like what I feel like is sort of the magic behind it is all of these little rituals that we might not even realize are a thing because it's so integrated into our our lives but really um help to inspire our work like i have i have a rock collecting habit (laughs) and um and i love arranging them and rearranging them and like putting them in order so they look like rainbows or you know all of these things and it's kind of part of the creative process I think and Mm. um you know probably inspires some of the imagery as well I love that I love that collecting rocks and arranging (laughs) them in colored orders is part of the process that's wonderful and I can totally see how that would be part of it for your work too I will I like to whenever I go to New Mexico like Santa Fe is built on a rose or a yeah, rose quartz mine, mine, I guess. 
Um, and so anywhere you walk, there's just like beautiful rose quartz that kind of emerges out of the ground and it's all sort of speckled with sparkly mica. And um, like, if you just look at the land there, it just sparkles. It's so pretty. Uh, and so I always try to, you know, like bring back a little, you know, couple of pieces of quartz and feels like I have a little piece of home with me. Yeah, and that's so cool. I didn't know that about Santa Fe. I've never been. I really would like to go, especially now. <laughs> oh, you should go. You would love it. It's, it's really inspiring place, just like visually and historically, and um, you know, such an artsy place too, and a um, lot, a lot going on there. So, yeah, that actually um, kind of transitions us perfectly into um, the way that I found you which was via um, Meow Wolf yeah. and their website, which I know is in Santa Fe. And I would love to visit that, especially when this is all over. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, and I have some other questions around, um, you know, how you got connected with them. But one of the things I heard you say um, in the video I found was like uh, just navigating breaking into the neural game as a, as a woman. Yeah. And I'm so curious to hear like how that came about, what that was like, what it, and like kind of what it looked like to break in in the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, it was really intimidating. And I think that for me, I, I kind of started, um, well, so I've been an artist for a long time and I started to become friends with a lot of people who painted murals and most of them were, I shouldn't say most of them. There are a lot of women that paint murals, but I feel like there was a lot of notoriety for, you know, um, for men and mm -hmm. not women. Um, yeah. And so as per I, usual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, um, but I started, you know, I, I was working for um, Endless Canvas, which is a Bay Area uh, kind of like street art and graffiti documentation platform. Okay. And I was photographing work for them and posting it to their website. And I don't know, I just found myself like photographing all of these other people's artwork and sometimes realizing that, you know, they weren't good humans or like I didn't know them why am I promoting other people's work like I should be doing this and it looked like such a gratifying experience so I don't know I just I started to kind of put the word out there that I wanted to paint murals and I mean everybody around me was very supportive and we have an incredible uh, art community up here and um Let's see, I think my, yeah, my friend Nina, who's an awesome artist, she runs a girl mob and she has an organization called Graffiti Camp for Girls and is just like super, um, super amazing person. She, she got me a small mural and um, it kind of just cascaded from there, you know, like one little mural led to the next and um, yeah, that's. That's, I guess, how it started. And I just felt very determined. I felt like it was something I wanted to prove to myself that I could do. Mm, yeah. So. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. One thing I've noticed specifically with murals, especially like the larger they get, I mean, outside of the fact that it's up until this point in history, it's been common that men dominate most fields. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, though, um, the larger they get, they are, it's very physically and like labor intensive. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just this also this idea that you know, women are less likely to be able to do that, or it's more difficult, or, um, or sometimes even when I'm doing one, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely tuning into a more like yang energy here, because Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of an intense process. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, And it can be really, um, gosh, I mean, like, you're, you're very exposed, like, especially if you're working on a mural on the street, like anybody can approach you. Mm. Um, that can be a really challenging experience. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very empowering though. Like when you step back from something that you've created on that scale, it just feels, uh, so good. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to, if there's any like anecdotal details about people approaching you in public and like how you've, how you've dealt or like what you've learned. <sighs> well, I, you know, luckily I've had mostly positive experiences. I feel like for the most part, people walk by and say thank you or, you know, like ask you about your work and and are very positive i i think occasionally i've had the you know like street harassment and Mm. um i just try to let it roll off my shoulders and sort of like ignore people or just like give them the peace sign and (laughs) it's like a good way of dismissing them you know yeah um yeah i mean fortunately it hasn't been too too crazy but it is you know, you always feel like you kind of have to watch your back and that's, I guess, just part of it. (laughs) Yeah. You're really exposed for sure. Yeah. 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 So I'm wondering if you have any advice, whether it just be for um, like women or just period about breaking into the mural game, like who's somebody who wants to get started doing that, what would you recommend to them? Well, I think it's important to be proactive about it and, Mm. you know, stay determined, but also you have to let people know that you're interested in it and, um, you know, and that's kind of how opportunities arise and putting yourself out there. I, I can't say it's the easiest thing, you know, like I still... I still get a lot of anxiety about having to approach people, but, um, but it's, it's the way to do it. And then also, um, you know, like practicing, if you have some sort of way to, to practice, um, maybe you just have like a small hand built wall in the backyard or something like that, that, that can be really helpful. I find that painting murals is a completely different mindset. I don't know if you have mm. that experience. Yeah. Um, it's kind of challenged me to, you know, think about my work differently. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's always good to have a plan, I think. <laughs> yes, I would, I would second that. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely approached walls with like no idea and then 
just really had a difficult time. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard on a, such a large scale. Like there yeah. almost does need to be some, like more so than a canvas, or especially for your work, I imagine too, because it, it kind of lays out in a, you know, depending on what it is, like a landscape-like format, you know? So right. the composition is very important and can't really be fudged so easily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. And it's important, like sometimes you get to, if you're kind of trying to, you know, just go along as you go, like you get to a place and you're like, I have no idea what to put right here and it doesn't work with the rest of the composition or whatever. So it's, it's good to have a plan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. And I love the idea of like, just getting some out on your own, like whether you get a piece of plywood or. Yeah. um, yeah, just to it just practice. helps you. Yeah, and it helps you work out like technique and um, I, I think approaching walls is a little different than you know just painting a mural. So um, you'll find that everything works a little bit differently, and also every wall is different. So expect to have to learn things as you go. So I'm so curious um, how you ended up working with Meow Wolf and, and what that was like, because it's such, for those people who don't mm. know, just go to Meow Wolf's website and yeah, they're like a wonderful, it's kind of hard to describe them, but collaborative arts installation creation <laughs> machine. International world. Yeah. yeah. Inter- <laughs> psychedelic. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I heard it described as the psychedelic I guess Disneyland was what I heard but there's, yeah. it's not rides but it's, it kind of has that essence um so yeah I'm so curious like how that came about and and just anything you want to share from that experience I'm dying to know yeah definitely um I I love Meow Wolf I love everything that they've created and I think that it's so special to have that exist in Santa Fe and Oh my goodness, I hope that, I don't know how this pandemic is going to change the experience of Meow Wolf because it's so tactile and Mm. I'm sure, you know, being the creative people that they are, there's solutions in the working, but um, I was following Meow Wolf, um, you know, working up to their grand opening and being from Santa Fe, I was you know, super excited about it. And I think within the first six months that they had opened, I had sent them a message and I actually was going to be in town for a wedding and I was going to see if my partner could paint something for them. And um, you know, I think just the short amount of time that we had there, it didn't end up working out, but I stayed in touch with um, the woman who had replied to my inquiry. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name is Katie Kennedy, and she is also a very incredible artist. And um, yeah, she's super supportive. And just staying in touch with her, I had expressed interest in working with them. And And uh, I think, you know, she took note and I, I was asked to come paint a mural for them for their, I think it was their first, uh, their first 
what did they call it? Um, upgrades. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they do like, they would close for two weeks and have other artists come in and they do like a deep cleaning and all of that. So that's, um, yeah, that's how that evolved. And I had such an incredible experience being in there. I painted this mural for, I don't know, I think like 12 days. Oh, wow. That's long. Yeah, it was, you know, they're open, they closed down for about 12 days. And so um, I got to sit inside the installation for that amount of time. And it was so cool. It was, it was really wild. Talk about magic, like that place. It just, it has a life of its own. I can't, it's really hard to describe, but, Mm. you know, there's, there's so many electrical wires and like special lighting and everything just like charging through the space that when you're in there, it just, it feels like you're inside the belly of a, I don't know, like some (laughs) other dimensional creature, I guess. Um, I love it. It kind of sounds like my dream come true in in this really weird way. (laughs) It is so cool. And, And what was special about being there during off hours is that you really get to kind of just like sit there and listen and every single day like a different part of the installation would be on and maybe some other parts would be turned off and so you start to tune into like things that you've never heard before like weird little Mm -hmm. sounds that keep repeating every I don't know 15 minutes or something and it was it was very cool I will value that experience forever it was I feel very um grateful to have been a part of it yeah do you have any like um like takeaways from having created something in in among so many other creatives in such a creative space that maybe you'll take forward or I don't know if that's a real question but I'm wondering how that might have changed your outlook or your process or anything like that yeah, I think, you know, and I actually, like, when I, when I came back from doing that project, I actually had, uh, well, I'll just say that it inspired me because I think Meow Wolf was created with the help of over 100 artists. Mm. And so you really see the power of the collective and what you can create if you work together and Mm. you know I think as artists like a lot of us work in isolation and um, while some of our work might be collaborative a lot of it is not and so I think that's that was like really you know what I took from it was seeing how incredible working together can be and um, you know inspired me and wanted I, I really want to create you know more more experiences on that level I last year I was able to create sort of like a it was a portal actually um (laughs) with with another artist named Carly Ely um for this music festival that my dear friend Amanda curates for and uh that was that was kind of one of those experiences being able to like work with other artists and and uh, make our vision come into fruition and and then have people experience it it was it was really great 
Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And and honestly, you highlighted uh, something I think I was subconsciously hoping that you would, which I, I think is also part of the allure of, of what Meow Wolf has created and yeah. um, just this dream of so many brilliant artists in a space, like creating something maybe together, maybe separate, but the, just the power of that. Yeah. Um, and I think it is something that we yearn for maybe even more so in this time um the pandemic and, and expand it outward yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think that I mean that's one of the reasons I think the work that they do is so important because it highlights another pers- perspective of existence and mm-hmm. um you know a, a, a way that a business can operate in that it supports artists and creative thinking and um yeah it's so important and i really hope that as we move forward we can you know continue on with that movement i think it'll be really important do you have any like thoughts or advice on how to cultivate that as an artist like collaborations and community or things that you've seen work for yourself like it sounds like you know you were able to line up with doing that with Meow Wolf and you're able to um do this like other collaborative installation with someone else at a festival um what have you seen like really works if you're really wanting that Mm, I think that you know taking it back to just putting your ideas out there and making Mm. sure that people know that you have them and that it's a desire for you um you know, because, and I think that that's like (laughs) what manifestation is, Uh, (laughs) you know, like when, when we really talk about like setting intentions and um, manifesting something, it's, it's thinking of the idea and the thing that you want to do, but then also putting it into motion. And the first step is putting it outside of you. So, you know, Mm -hmm. getting it out of your brain and onto Um, a piece of paper and then maybe like emailing somebody who might have the ability to organize that um, you know setting it in motion I think that's that's the best place to start and then making sure that you're surrounding yourself with community and the type of people who um, you know share the same goals as you yeah yeah I think that's very well said and and very good advice yeah. So um, we're kind of coming toward the end here, sadly. Uh, time's <laughs> gone so fast. I know. I know. <laughs> it really has. Uh, but we're not done yet because we have our um, intimate semi rapid fire round, if you're open Ooh, to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So these are all finished the sentence. Okay. So the first one is if someone really knew me, they would know. That I am very sensitive. Mm. You are not the first person who has said that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, the second one is art is? Life. Ooh, love it. Yeah. Um, The color of my soul is? Ooh. um, Turquoise green. Oh, I like that. that (laughs) Um, And then the last one is I honor my art by showing up. Yes, great. Definitely. 
Uh, Madeline, where can we find you? And do you have anything coming up that you would like to clue us in on? Yeah, um, well, I would say my Instagram is the best place to keep up with what I am doing, uh, which is just my name, Madeline Tonzi. And um, I have a few projects coming up and, you know, with the strange times we're living in, things could change. So I'm trying to, um, you know, just stay hopeful that they happen. And um, I, ha I, I don't think I'm ready to announce them yet, but I okay. will be soon. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about them. So hopefully people can tune in and I will share when the time comes. Great. I'm excited to hear what they are too. I will be oh, tuning in as well. <laughs> thank you. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing everything you did. It was a true honor to have you on the show. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And I, I really appreciate you having me. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Madeline as much as I did. Please go check out her gorgeous work. All of the links are in the show notes, um, as are the links to the essays I mentioned at the beginning of the episode and the artists she mentioned as well. As for art and magic, we're back in the swing of things, and I'm really stoked about the interviews we have coming up. Uh, they will be coming out weekly, so definitely subscribe. That way the new podcast will like roll on into your feed and you don't have to search to see what's been happening. And if you've been enjoying the show, please leave a rating or a review or both. They really help the show get out there. And I, it just like warms my heart to, to read how these episodes are landing with you guys. So thank you if you've already done that, by the way. If you want to stay up to date via the Instagrams or if you just want to see what I'm up to in the studio, head over to Devon Wall's art. That is where I hang out pretty much most of the time. All right, that is a wrap for today's episode. I will see you next week. Until then, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.